stuff in church. It's good fun. It's great to see them learn, and I've been blessed to be a part of, yeah, seeing them grow in their faith whilst leading a youth group. So before I get started, I'm just going to pray real quick. Lord, just want to thank you so much for your word, for your word that's just been read out and for this story in the book of Acts. Just want to thank you so much for what you accomplished there and what you are accomplishing here today as well. So just thank you for that and just bring this before you now that my words may actually be your words and that they may go out. And we just, yeah, thank you for that and we thank you so much for you. In your name, amen. So, good morning. Uh, Good morning to those who are watching online as well. We are glad that you are able to join us. So today we're going to be looking at the main theme of being mission-minded in our personal walk with God, looking at Acts chapter 8 and the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Before I get started, though, I would like you guys to ask yourself three questions. The first question is, have you seen the activity of God around you? Question two What is God presently inviting you to do? And question three, how are you responding? So think of those three questions as we're going through the sermon, as I'm going through the sermon today. Have you seen the activity of God around you? What is God presently inviting you to do? And how are you responding? So before we jump straight into the passage, we need to understand a few things first. So firstly, who is Philip? So Philip is actually chosen at the same time as Stephen. So we learned about Stephen last week from Tom, who brought that word to us. So he's chosen at the same time as Stephen to wait tables and fulfill the needs of the widows in the church at that time. But just like Stephen, we see that he does more than just wait tables and just work at the soup kitchen. He's actually out there preaching the word. He's out there evangelizing and telling people about God. He's got his initial role to fulfill that need, but he's doing more than that. He's also a part of the first group of Christians to leave Jerusalem and start evangelizing, all because of what we learned last week with Stephen and his stone and the persecution that started because of that. And because of that, we therefore find Philip in Samaria. And that's what is happening just before our passage in Acts 8.26. Just before that, he's in Samaria and he's preaching up a storm. He's there and he basically converts an entire city. He's there evangelizing and people are responding. He's preaching God's word and they're responding to it. They're accepting it. They're rejoicing. They're seeing miracles happen. There is a magnificent ministry happening in Samaria. And Philip is at the centre of that. He's at the centre of this ministry. He started and has basically converted an entire city. It is at this point that we see that the angel of the Lord says to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. In amongst all of the success Philip is seeing right now, God tells him to leave. God tells him, and calls him to leave what's happening right then and there and listen to his word and go. And the amazing thing is that Philip listens to that. Now, when I look at this, I believe that'd be a very difficult decision to make. 
You're in amongst all of this success. You're seeing people come to the Lord. People are rejoicing and praising, and you're at the center of it, and then you just have to leave it. It's easy to give up something bad for something good. But can you give up something good for something better? Can you give up something that God is calling you away from? Listen to God no matter what his word is. Even if you think you're in the best place possible, even if you've seen so much success happening, if God calls you and tells you to do something, do it. (laughs) He probably has a, so not probably, he does have a better idea. He knows the full situation. He knows what he's asking you to do. God's ways are better than our own. And we see that Philip listens to that. He has the humility and the love for God to listen to his word. What is also interesting about this is that Philip isn't given the full story. All that he's told to do is go down to the south road that is a desert place. There's nothing there. Sometimes we aren't given the full story either. Sometimes we are only given a glimpse of what is going to happen. Sometimes we don't even get a glimpse, we just get told to go. Even in those moments, can we listen to God and accept that word of his? Can we listen to him and fully trust in him that he knows what's going on? What I also love about this is that we see Philip leave an entire town for one person. He, he doesn't know that currently. All he's told is to go. But as we get to see the rest of the story, we see that he, gets, he has to leave an entire city for just one person. One person matters to God. It's not a numbers game with God. That tiniest individual, the the one person, matters to God. We don't have to be Billy Grahams and convert thousands of people in one event. Focus on that one person, the people that are around you in your workplace, at your school, your friends, potentially family. One person matters. And my mind actually goes to the parable of the lost sheep. Leaving the 99 for the one. Leaving the masses for that one, to a lot of people, insignificant individual. Can we do that? Can we trust in God and love other people enough to know that one person is enough? And because we see that Philip accepted God's word and did it, We actually see that he's part of the prophecy Jesus spoke of in Acts chapter 1, where he said that you, my disciples, will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Because Philip was obedient, he actually gets to be a big part of that prophecy. 50% of it, Samaria and the ends of the earth. He's converted all of Samaria, and now he's prophesying, correction, evangelizing to this Ethiopian eunuch going to the ends of the earth. Because he was obedient, he gets to be a part of God's big plan. So, we see that he does this. He accepts God's word and he starts out. 
And on his way, he meets an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candate, queen of the Ethiopians. So what do we know about this Ethiopian eunuch? We know he's just been up in Jerusalem, for this man has gone to Jerusalem to worship. So he's on his way home from there. So more than likely, he is a God-fearer, a non-Jew who has come to know God. At the very least, he is someone who's intrigued by God, interested in God, wants to get to know him more, and that's why he's gone to Jerusalem to worship him and find out more about God. We also see that he is bought a scroll of Isaiah and he is reading it. He wants to get to know God more. And what I find really interesting about this is that we don't, we don't know how he came to know God. We don't know if other people were involved, but we do know that God was involved. And just like we see in the Old Testament, where God brings people outside of the Jewish people, his people, he brings people out and brings them into his family. It's the same God. The same God from the Old Testament is still working here. And this is one of those connections where we say, same yesterday, today and forever. God is working. This man has been drawn to God's character, his nature, through creation, potentially through people. God can bring people to himself by himself. But he chooses to use us. God wants to use us to bring people to himself, to bring people into his family. He wants to use us to accomplish his will. And I find that beautiful. The all-powerful, almighty God who can do all things by himself. He doesn't need any of us. He wants all of us. He wants to use us. He wants to use Philip. He wanted to use Philip in this situation to bring this Ethiopian eunuch into his family. He doesn't need us, but he wants us. And isn't that, I just find that so beautiful, that he wants each and every one of us to be a part of his plan, a part of his will. So we see that he can do it by himself, but he wants to. He wants to use Philip here. And as Philip goes up to the chariot, he hears him reading out loud. Now, a quick note on that. Probably wasn't an uncommon thing to be reading out loud in those times. There was a lot of oral tradition, and that's how stories were passed down. And reading things out loud is how they read. It's not like we do today where we read in our minds all silent-like. Back then, it's very plausible and is what happened that Philip heard him reading out loud. Not an uncommon thing to hear. And he hears him reading Isaiah 53. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Then the eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then beginning with that very passage of Scripture and Told, then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. A great tip for evangelism, great tip when you're telling people about Jesus is start with their questions. Start where they are at. We see that God meets us where we are at. 
We don't have to do anything to try to get to God before he'll accept us. God came down as Jesus to us and met us. He met us where we were at. Meet people where they're at. Don't come into evangelism with your own agenda. Don't come in going, this is the one way to do it, this is the only way to do it, I have to start from the top and end there and that's the only way of doing it. Journey with the person, start where they're at, start with their questions, answer their questions and journey from there. Just like God meets us where we're at, meet people where they're at too. For Philip... This was kind of easy because the passage was all about Jesus. So it's kind of an easy connection, an easy process for him. It may not be that easy all of the time for us, but start where they're at. Answer questions, journey with them, have that relationship with people so you can talk about Jesus through that. One thing I love about how the eunuch is reading through Isaiah is that three chapters later in Isaiah 56... There was a prophecy for him. There was a prophecy for that eunuch. I'm going to read that out now. So Isaiah 56, verses 3 to 5. Let no foreigner who is bound to the Lord say, the Lord will surely exclude me from his people. And let no eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree. For this is what the Lord says. To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me, And hold fast to my covenant. To them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. Through Philip, God is fulfilling prophecy. And this is really cool because we've seen that Jesus has ascended back into heaven. He's come to earth, died, rose again, and now he's ascended again. But that doesn't mean that his work is finished. He is still fulfilling prophecy now through his people. In youth group last semester, we were doing a series on walking through the the kingdom of God and the different parts and different stages to that. And the part that we are in right now, I'm going to ask one of the youth, put them on the spot. Can anyone, any, I won't pick on someone, what state, what kingdom are we in right now? Can anyone remember? They all started with P. No one. Come on, we did teach it pretty well. Present. <laughs> the present kingdom. And a big part of the present kingdom is the now, but not yet. A lot of the things have happened now. Jesus has come back, and a lot of prophecy has been fulfilled. But there is still more to come when he returns. And we see that prophecy is still happening after he's ascended. Things are still being fulfilled through his people. And I find that amazing. So Philip's explained the gospel to this eunuch. He's explained who Jesus is. He explains that Jesus loves him. The hope, the reassurance, the forgiveness of sins. Hope for the future, joy. All these things within the gospel And what does the eunuch do? Immediately after this, he responds. As they travelled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. 
What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. There is an immediate response to the gospel. He hears it, he accepts it, and he responds. The baptism is an outward display of an internal transformation. Now, as we're reading through, did anyone notice that verse 37 is missing? Oh, all the heads went down, checking it. Mm. So it jumps straight from verse 36 to verse 37. In a lot of the Bibles, you'll notice there'll be a little footnote at the bottom, and that is verse 37. The reason it's not in the main chunk of text is because it's only in some manuscripts. But I do believe that it's very helpful. Verse 37, this is what it says. Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. The eunuch answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. There is a confession of who Jesus is. And then there is an outward act of what has happened internally. The word of God is powerful and it moves and it works. If you haven't accepted this yet, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour yet, be like the eunuch. Don't wait. Respond. It is good news. The things that Jesus has done for us, died and rose again in our place, is good news. It's new life. It's life everlasting. It's all those things I talked about, the forgiveness, the hope, the joy, someone to walk with you through everything. And as we talked about before, he wants you. He cares about that one individual and he wants you. Don't delay the best decision you'll ever make. Don't delay the best decision you'll ever make. And when you're evangelizing, encourage others to do the same. Yes, some people may have more questions, but the word of God is powerful. It is the best decision that anyone will ever make. And it's right here at this part of the story that we see what Tom was talking about last week as well, that tension between the sovereignty of God and human choice, human free will. We see that God led Philip to that place. and It wasn't a coincidence that he ran into the eunuch. God set up the whole situation. He's working through it all. And yet there is still that choice. There is still the human free will to make the decision to follow Jesus. And in this case, the eunuch makes the right choice. And Philip also makes the right choice in listening to God. This passage is beautiful for that. The beautiful tension between God's sovereignty, him working through everything, and our free will. I'm going to have a brief comment on the last couple of verses. So from verse 39... When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotaz and travelled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Now, these next couple of verses, they're a little bit ambiguous because we're not 100% sure what they mean. The original Greek kind of leaves it open to interpretation. 
I like to believe that Philip was, in fact, teleported. And I like to believe that because it's cool. I also believe that God is capable of doing that. We see throughout the book of Acts, so many miracles happen. We see through the Gospels, so many miracles happen. God is the God of miracles. He's the all-powerful God that can accomplish these things, these crazy things that we have a good giggle at, teleportation. He's a God who is all-powerful who doesn't need us but wants us. We believe this story. We believe the Bible. We believe the God in it. Is he still the same God today, yesterday and forever? Yes, he is. He's the same God in the Old Testament, the New Testament and today. Believe in that God. Don't put limits on God. Don't think that he's outside of what your, only what your mind can think of. He is bigger than anything we can dream of. He set up this whole situation. He reached the Ethiopian. And he's here today with each of us. Don't limit God. Trust and believe in the God who is all-powerful. So, to wrap it up, I'm going to reiterate four main points. Listen to God's word in your life. Even in the good times, his plans are bigger and better than any of ours. And he knows the full picture. God wants to use you. He wants to accomplish his will on this earth through you to reach other people. Let him. Say yes to those things God asks you to do. Because he wants to use you. When evangelizing, don't have your own agenda. Start with where the person is at. Journey with them through that. Work from there to Jesus. And remember that one is enough. That one person is enough. And don't limit God. He can accomplish anything. Have faith and believe in that God. Now, to finish with, I'm actually going to read out a daily devotion from uh, this daily devotional that I've really enjoyed. It's called Experiencing God Day by Day by the Blackaby Brothers. And this one is called On Mission with God. Mission is God finding those whose hearts are right with him and placing them where they can make a difference for his kingdom. Some of the great missionaries in history did not live long lives, but their lives dramatically affected eternity. God had access to Philip, and the book of Acts gives the exciting account of how God used Philip's life to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Philip was preaching powerfully in the city of Samaria, so mightily did God use him that the entire city was rejoicing at the miracles God was doing. This would be an evangelist's fondest desire, to see an entire city responding to the gospel through his preaching. Yet Philip was not activity-centred in his Christian life. He was God-centred. Philip was not preoccupied with expanding his reputation as a great preacher or miracle worker. 
He was concerned that his life remain in the centre of God's activity. When he was instructed to leave his fruitful ministry, he did not hesitate. God continues to seek those as responsive as Philip to go on mission with him. The reason God has not brought great revival to more places is not that he is unable or that he is unwilling. He first looked for those willing to have their lives radically adjusted away from their self-centered activities and placed into the center of God's activity around the world. Have you seen the activity of God around you? What is God presently inviting you to do? How are you responding? Lord, I want to thank you so much for your word and for this story, for Philip and his example that he sets for us. And we thank you that your word is powerful. We thank you that your son came to die for us and that it does give us new life. And that by accepting that, it is the best decision we have or will ever make. So we thank you so much for that. We thank you for you and we thank you for your work, that you are all-powerful and that you want us and that you love us. We thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen.